What's up, fellas? Welcome back to the Dad the Man podcast, where we love and lead ourselves, our families, and our communities from the front, unconditionally, from this place of opportunity, not obligation. And all at the same time, we pursue our own personal and professional goals as well. My name is Brendan Wall, and I am your host. And whether today is your first time tuning into the show, or if you have listened to every single episode along the way, wherever you fall in that spectrum, thank you so much for being here today. I recognize that you could spend your time doing anything else and you've chosen to listen to this show. I take that very seriously. My goal is to give you the best return on that time and attention as possible. So thank you for being here. I hope you enjoy what we have in store today. So today's guest is none other than the Jordan Palmer. Jordan is a former NFL quarterback who spent seven years in the league and is the current director of quarterback development for the XFL. Today, he is widely respected and sought after as a quarterback guru, for lack of a better term, working with elite-level quarterback talent, including household names like Joe Burrow, Deshaun Watson, Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, the list goes on. He coaches these guys through his coaching business called QB Summit. Away from football, Jordan has experienced tremendous success as an entrepreneur with businesses like Kalo, yes, the silicone wedding bands that everybody recognizes, and also Common Thread Collective, which is his digital sales agency that has served pretty much all your favorite brands, including Lululemon, North Face, APL, Wilson, Igloo, Theragun, Native, and again, the list goes on and on. Jordan is a charismatic guy with a brilliant business mind and the intangible ability to coach others well. But above it all, he is an incredible man, husband, and father, and it was an honor to host him on the show. So here's my conversation with the Jordan Palmer. All right, fellas, today we have with us former NFL quarterback who is now on the coaching side of things. He's also a thriving entrepreneur with us today, the one and only Jordan Palmer. Thank you so much for making the time to join us. Welcome to the Dad the Man podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited. I love uh, I love talking ball and I talk ball a lot, but um, that is certainly my second passion to uh, to being a father and a husband. So I'm excited to dive into it today. Awesome, man. Well, I'm glad you're here. So let's let let's dive in. Let's go all the way back, if you don't mind. I want to give everybody a chance to get to know you a little bit from the ground up. Give us some good context. So if you don't mind, take us back to your childhood. Tell us a little bit about where you grew up, family dynamic, what you were into, the whole nine yards there. Yeah, um, I'm the youngest of four, and we're really spread out. So um, most football people know my older brother, Carson Palmer. He's four and a half years older than me. Mm -hmm. My sister's nine years older, and then I've got a brother 20 years older. Wow. Um, and so really spread out and, uh, you know, I, I lived in, in, uh, I was born in Westlake village. I lived in Fresno for a little bit. I lived in Colorado for a little bit, but really I, I grew up starting in third grade in, um, in South Orange County, California, uh, in Dana point and, uh, lucky me because, <laughs> you know, if I fast forwarded to the end of my story, all the places I've lived, this is where I've decided to live. This was the best spot. So, uh, I was re <clears throat> really blessed to you know, start off in that spot. But uh, because we were really spread out, you know, in the house growing up, like from my real childhood, kind of like starting in like third, fourth grade, you know, when you really make the memories and all that. Um, it was really was Carson and I, you know, my sister was off in college and my older brother was off in the military. Um, and so I, I have two parents uh, been together. They just had their anniversary. I don't remember which one it is, but it's 50 years, 50 something. Um, uh, my parents are in there um, in their seventies. And, uh, and so, um, yeah, it was my brother and I, and, and uh, it was just an epic childhood. I mean, 
Uh, my dad worked a nine to five. He was in the insurance business. My mom was a stay at home mom and involved in everything um, and uh, wore a lot of hats. And there's a lot of love in my house, um, a lot of faith in my house and uh, a lot of sports in my house. Yeah, that's cool. I've heard you talk a little bit about your parents, specifically your dad. Do you mind diving in a little bit, telling us a little yeah. bit about the example that you know he set for for you and your siblings? Yeah, uh, he's the man. I mean, he's a Vietnam vet and, um, you know, he's 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 actually from Canada, um, but uh, and grew up there. But he um, yeah, he was in insurance, kind of just, you know, out of college, started at the bottom and then worked his whole career, ended up vice president of John Hancock. And and um, so just kind of that that story worked for different insurance companies growing up. But as far as me as a kid, I don't know the difference between Pacific Life and Mass Mutual. You know, my dad <laughs> I just knew he was coming home with a suit on. But um, but yeah, uh, you know, I, I just he, he was always so my dad didn't play football. He wasn't a quarterback expert. He's not a former, you know, NFL player or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, he's tall and <laughs> my mom's tall too, but, um, but yeah, he didn't, uh, I just think my dad's really authentic. He didn't, um, certainly wasn't a helicopter dad, certainly wasn't a know-it-all, wasn't yelling from the sideline to get my elbow up. Um, not like ever, not even once. Um, and I just had these like really simple lines he'd give us, you know, we'd sit there yeah. and we'd talk about how awesome we were going to do today and like the game's coming up and oh, I'm going to kill it. And I'm going to do this and this. And he just kind of yeah. like quietly just be like, well, show me, don't tell me, you know what I mean? And yeah, then like, yeah. you know, one of us would score a touchdown or make a basket. We'd like point, we do something dumb, you know, that a kid does and they celebrate and then he'd go, yeah, that was a really good play, but you gotta think about acting like you've been there before. Just these little like nuggets where you're like, uh, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and really profound. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was cool. I mean, I was surrounded by like every kid, you know, there's dads that are yelling from the sideline and yelling at the refs and super involved and I'm taking them off this team. He's not even playing. I'm going to put them on that team. And it, I, I, that works for some, I don't know, but uh, that was not the route my dad took. And uh, he was just supportive and we had to finish what we started. So we started pick the sport when we were little and we didn't like it, finish it. Um, just, just the simple, those simple things, you know, it wasn't like yeah. he had, some training regimen that we went through or some specific diet that he had us on. It was just, uh, it was, it was really simple. And it was him coming from a place of like, look, I don't know. Let me try and find some coaches that can help you. Mm -hmm. um, and so it was grounded in humility. And then kind of the show me, don't tell me, you know, we went to church as a family and we, you know, we were, we were really in, connected to our, our church community. And, um, but I, I saw my dad come home every day from work. Like I, I can picture it, like the ties loose, the dress shirts rolled up the jackets over his shoulder, come in. Hey, what's up? How's everybody doing? Go upstairs, put on sweats, get in his Bible for about 45 minutes, then come downstairs and join us. And it was just like, I saw that every day. So, um, it was, uh, it was less about him making us do things and more about us wanting to emulate what he was doing. Yeah. That's amazing. So he, I mean, he literally just led from the front and said, this yeah. is, this is where I'm going. I'm going my own way. It's really cool that he dropped those little nuggets for you. It's, it sounds like he, in a way said a whole lot more by saying less and like you can still yeah. spit off those little lines one after the other i've heard yeah. you talk a little bit about the days where I, I think it was when you and carson maybe were a little bit older living out west and he had a job in connecticut and was flying <laughs> back and forth for i think it, that was at the high school level even just for for the game well yeah it was cool so when carson won the heisman um they they kind of had him they had my dad out i think i think they still do that they interview the parents and stuff mm -hmm. um 
but yeah, they told that story. It was really cool. Um, so my dad got, I don't know if, I don't really even know if it was like he got transferred or it was like a huge promotion or whatever, but, um, it was to go to the corporate office in New York and we were living in, you know, Dana point at the time. And, um, I, again, I don't know the mechanics of it, but basically it was an offer. It was something he couldn't turn down. So we were going to move and we did. I mean, we bought a house in Greenwich, Connecticut. Um, and this is probably like mid nineties. Um, well, Carson was a graduate graduated in 98 and this was his sophomore year. Yeah. So it's like 95. Um, and, um, so we all went out there, we toured different schools. I was a little kid. I was just whatever, but, um, but Carson was a sophomore. He hadn't played on varsity yet. He was tall. He was, we kind of knew at a young age, like he was, you know, quarter playing quarterback made a lot of sense to him. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, and leading and all that and working hard, those things came very natural for him. Um, and, and so we went out there and I remember we went to Darien high school and we toured it and uh, he went away for the weekend with the players and came back. And it was like the coach like wanted to make him a tackle or something. Cause he was so tall and he was just devastated. Yeah. And so I remember my dad kind of came back to the, my parents came back to the hotel room. My brother and I were laying on the couch, like crying together. And, uh, so long story short, he, um, not he, my parents, uh, my mom actually shouldered most of the burden here. Um, yeah, my dad ended up getting a small apartment outside uh, in the city for two years. So my brother's junior and senior year, um, he flew from New York and my dad's like six, six, by the way, like flying across the country. And, they, and the company didn't like pay for flights home every weekend. Yeah. Um, and so he flew every single weekend for two years. Um, Friday in time for Carson's Friday night game, my Saturday morning junior American game. Um, family day church Sunday morning say goodbye in the parking lot drive to the airport fly back for Monday work and uh you know and, and a lot was made of the sacrifice that my dad made to do that and it was it was big but I mean my mom shifted to single mom mode um and you know with two teenagers who'd like anything we're you know we're fighting he's he's picking on me he's wiping boogers on me you know what I mean our, our rooms are a mess we're like late in the morning trying to camp, you know just all this yeah. stuff um I'm sure my brother was talking back and all that to like, so yeah, it was, you know, my, my dad got a lot of, um, uh, like rightly, I mean, I got a lot of, um, you know, appreciation, all that stuff for it, but you know, my mom shouldered a lot of that burden too. And, um, and that was a, a decision that they had made. It was hard, really hard at times and, uh, and really fruitful at the end. That's really cool. I, I appreciate you giving that insight, especially, you know, crediting your, your mom. That's, that's a point that, we we cover a lot on this show is is giving credit where credit's due to the women in our lives sometimes that role goes on un, un, i don't know unsung hero is a phrase that comes to mind from from time to time but it's the hardest work in the world and it's the most rewarding work in the world it's the most challenging like mentally like i mean just this morning in our house like my wife she works part-time so she works you know a day or two a week so I was, I was stepping in a little bit more just to help and like get lunches, made, get, get the kids fed. And, and we're a little bit out of our normal routine. And I try to help where I can along the way, but usually my wife does more of the, more of that. And like, just with me having to cover half of it, it was a shit show. Like I just couldn't, <laughs> I just couldn't keep the train on, on the rails in the way that she can. It's, it's just, a, uh, I just really appreciate the way that you're willing to talk about that, highlight that. Um, it's something yeah. that I think we all need to do a, a better job of man. We got to We got to support the women in our lives. So I appreciate that. Um, I'd love to hear you talk a little bit about maybe growing up with Carson. What it was like competing with, yeah. with, with, a, with a little bit older brother. So you guys are about four, four and a half years apart. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Did you guys compete at a young age? Were you guys like boys at a young age? Tell us a little bit about that dynamic. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's a really cool relationship. Um, I don't know that we ever got in a fight. That's awesome. Like now, four and a half years. I mean, the difference between like twelve and like eight or whatever, you know, seven and a half. Yeah. That's a pretty big gap. So no, we were not playing one on one. Yeah, you know, and it was evenly matched, right? So yeah. aside from his talent and all that stuff like it was enough of a gap where i wouldn't say that we were competing against each other mm -hmm. i don't i wouldn't say that we really competed against each other in that per se until we played on the same nfl team and played the same position cincinnati Bengals. to be honest because even in high school he was in college you know and then when i was in college he was in the nfl so it was a big enough gap there but um yeah inseparable um my mom was working too when my dad was doing that so like he didn't have a choice if he had a choice, I wouldn't have hung out with him as much, but like, yeah. he didn't really have a choice, but like, yeah, I, I just went everywhere. He took me to school. He picked me up from stuff. Yeah. Um, and so we were inseparable. Um, but I was an annoying little brother. I was, you know, bugging him. He would, <laughs> him and his buddies would, you know, keep me in line all the time. And he's got the same friends since then. So, um, you know, those guys kind of were a big part of me growing up too. And so, uh, but yeah, it was a really cool relationship. I mean, it was the typical thing. I mean, we played, um, we lived kind of like there were some hills around us, kind of like brush and bushes and, you know, a couple acres behind our house that we didn't own, but, you know, like public land kind of thing. And um, I mean, we would just jack around back there building forts. Electronic survivor shot was like laser tag in the 90s. Like we played that a lot. A lot of water balloon fights, a lot of throwing water balloons at cars. Um, uh, and then just shooting hoops. And, and then we lived at the beach. So yeah. when we were little, we'd boogie board. Um, he never really got into surfing. I, I just kind of switched to surfing when I got older, but um, yeah, hanging out at the beach, hanging out with his friends and older chicks. And it was just like the, the typical, it was, it was a great childhood. And um, it's probably more because of his personality and, and his like patience, but like, yeah, we never fought. Um, That's super cool. We just kind of always got along. It's cool. How surreal was it stepping into the same locker room together in the NFL? It was cool. I had been around, him and his teammates so much in the off seasons you're throwing and then you go to the game and then you crash and on the floor and that, you know, so I just mm -hmm. like, it didn't like happen one day, you know, people, yeah. I remember a long time, not recently, but like years ago, people would go like, what's it like for your, for your brother to like be famous. It's like, it was so gradual over time that I don't yeah. know. So, um, but it was, mm -hmm. it was certainly a, a really cool, unique relationship. The fact that we put, I mean, he was like born to do it. I wasn't. And I only, I only started, the only year I played quarterback and was the quarterback for the full season was my senior year in high school. Going back to, I mean, in, I started playing in third grade. I, I just never was good. I never won the job. <laughs> yeah. Freshman year, sophomore year, junior year. <laughs> I just never won the job. So yeah, um, I'd love to say it was for something else, but um, then I got screwed over, but I just, I didn't. Um, and so I literally only played my senior year in high school. And, um, and so being a part of that and, you know, I love the game and I love the position. Clearly I wouldn't choose to do this for a living, but uh, it certainly was the origin was wanting to be like my big brother and watching him, you know, go through stuff and, and win stuff. And, um, and, and so I just chased that. Yeah, that's, that's super cool. So you, I mean, you, you end up, you guys end up in the same locker room together to start your career. You had about <clears throat> around seven years in the league, um, starting businesses along the way. Now you're coaching um, more now today. Take us back, I guess, where in that mix did you meet your wife? When did, when did she come into the picture? So um, I went to Carson, went to Santa Margarita Catholic High School. I uh, had a great four year career there. Um, 
we're four and a half. So really five years apart in school. So then I come in, we didn't, we didn't go to high school together. So then I come in as a freshman and mm-hmm. everyone's like, Oh, Carson Palmer's younger brother. Oh, this guy's <laughs> going to be even better, which was just like not the case. And uh, I mean, I rotated in on the freshman team. I wasn't very good. I grew a lot too. I, I, I entered high school at five, seven. Um, oh, wow. so freshman football. I was five, seven, one thirty-five. And you're what now? Uh, like six, five. Yeah. Six, five, two thirty. And, um, and so a lot of pressure, a lot of shadow, all that stuff. But um, uh, I ended up transferring my sophomore year, a guy that we had been training with forever, kind of like the first coach to like charge people money in exchange for quarterback lessons. Mm-hmm. Like he's literally the godfather of all of it. Um, Carson started training with him and he was in seventh grade. So I was sitting on my ball watching Carson throw at Saddleback Junior College between the baseball fields, like, you know, Sundays for an hour. Um, so, you know, and I'd literally done this my whole life, been a part of it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, that guy had been out of coaching then he got back into coaching. And so he took over mission Viejo, which is a public school around here. And, uh, the program wasn't very good, but he took that over. And I mean, I transferred like three weeks later. So my sophomore year, I go to mission and, um, and, uh, and all my friends went to Santa Margarita, you know, I had been going to those games, going to basketball games, going to whatever his girlfriend's soccer games. Like I'd just been going to all the stuff at Santa Margarita. I transferred to a school. I didn't know anybody. I even ate lunch with coach Johnson, like in his coach's <laughs> office the first couple of days, I didn't know anybody. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I remember talking to my brother venting to him, you know what I mean? You know, he's just checking in. I was like, how's school going? If you, you know, you made friends, that kind of thing. Yeah. And, uh, made some comment about like, dude, just, and I think he said that compassion, like, just walk up to the hottest chick, shoot your shot, whatever the term was for that at the time. And, um, and worst case scenario, you're kind of right back where you started. And so I went up to Dottie and started flirting with her and um, and built a relationship. And and that's how I met my wife. So we started dating go. pretty soon afterwards when we were 15 and um, and uh, been together a long time. That's incredible. So high school sweethearts, first friend at the yeah. new school. Yep. That, good yep. advice from your brother. Good job. It was good. Awesome. It worked out. It worked that's, out. A, that's awesome. And when did you guys get married? Not to put you on the 12, spot here. No, July 10th, 2010. Uh, so about 12 years ago. And uh, up in Lake Tahoe, it's a special place for us. Uh, we go there a lot and cool. uh, have been going there a lot for a long time. Yeah. And uh, and so I love taking our boys up there now. So uh, we were just up there a couple of weeks ago. But, um, but yeah, I got married up there. And, and uh, yeah, we were we, we, we kind of broke up in college, but like stayed friends. Um, mm-hmm. And then that was really the only time we broke up and then got back together towards the end of college. Been together ever since. Didn't rush to get engaged when we did get engaged we were engaged for, you know, 18 months, just, we just didn't run, you know what I mean? We kind of knew we were right for each other. Um, I was playing ball. She was running her own business. Um, she's an entrepreneur too. She's a a mom full-time now, which we're really blessed to be able to do that. But, um, and I'm sure she'll, her entrepreneurial spirit will pick back up when when we're through the baby phase. But, um, but, uh, but yeah, so she was doing her thing. I was doing mine and seeing each other a ton, traveling a ton. It was a blast. I work with yeah. a lot of young NFL quarterbacks, which means a lot of young NFL quarterbacks and their girlfriend, fiance or wife. Mm-hmm. And so we have these young couples that are like literally like rewind. They're like doing the exact same thing we were doing, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and so when I say to like Kyle Allen and Summer Jurezic, who just got engaged, you guys need to get your ass out of the country and go tour Europe this off season. I'm, <laughs> I'm not kidding. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, go do it while you're young before you have kids and all that stuff and obligations. So, mm-hmm. um, so it's cool. Yeah. We had a, we've had a blast. I mean, like she's, she's the best and, and best friends and all that stuff. And so, 
um, yeah, it's been a blast. That's cool. You get to help the guys that you're coaching from a football aspect, but also, you know, just with relationship advice, newlyweds being together for a long time. Like that's, that's really cool. Yeah, they're starting to, to have kids now too. What's yeah, the, what's, advice too. what's the best piece of marriage advice that you give, give those guys besides traveling before you have kids? Oh man, I don't know. I don't really like speak on it a bunch. It's I'll yeah. answer questions. Um, but, so like if Kyle comes to you and he's like, I need some wisdom, steer me in the right yeah. direction. What do I need to know? Well, I, I don't think like, like being right, it's not a good goal. Um, you know, it, it, when conflict arises with your spouse, like winning the argument, that's not a desired outcome. Like being right, proving that you're right again, like that, that's not a win. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it's uh, really like, genuinely trying to understand the other person and how they process these things and, and how you can come to like mutually agreed upon outcomes. Um, it's a, it's a partnership. It's a, it, it is all those different terms we can throw in there. It really is. Um, the love is going to be higher at times and lower at times like that. That one goes ebbs and flows like attraction, all these things, like the physical, all those things come and go, not come and go, but like, you know what I mean? They rise and, and fall like the tide. Mm-hmm. Um, based off the situation, the season of life that you're in. Um, but the trust can't, the communication can't. Um, and then, and honestly, like just the honesty um, can't, I think of times when, when things have, you know, when you get more honest, something happened and then you get real honest about it. And it's like, that's usually the relationship gets better at the end of those things, right. Or mm-hmm. after those moments. And so um, that's been my experience. And as I counsel guys, that's been their experience too. So um, yeah. And then, when you can like go and adventure, I, that's not good advice for everybody. Some people don't want to go do things. They don't want to leave where they're at. But um, for people who are like, yeah, we'll do that next year. Like, you know, two years from now, that's going to be the time when we should go. And it's like, no, go travel. I mean, my wife and I, at the end of every season, we would drive home from Jacksonville, from Cincinnati, from, and we take like a month six weeks and we'd go see America and we just like, that's awesome. We took like four different routes home from Cincinnati over the years. You know, <laughs> we did like the Yellowstone route. We did like yeah. down to new Orleans and across the, you know, the, you know, Texas route and drove through Des Moines to Denver like route. And so, um, like go and go and do, um, you know, to wait and stockpile and all that stuff. Um, I don't know. That's not the route I've gone. That's, that's super cool. Uh, one of the lessons that you mentioned in there is one that I've learned the hard way through. I've been married seven years now. We just had our anniversary a couple of days ago, actually um, talking about trying to be honest, Try Like I fell into the trap of like, I don't really like, I was scared to be honest about certain things. Like I was scared. I was going to upset her, like hurt her feelings, different things like that. There's a hesitation of like, or, you know, this might turn into an argument that I don't think I want to have right now, but what I've learned is that, like you said, at the end of that, if you can kind of man up and have the conversation you need to have and like in a respectful way, again, to your first point, not to prove that you're right, but to reach a reconciliation, that is just like, it's a total game changer. And I've, mm-hmm. I've mentioned this on the show a couple of times, uh, but my wife and I were trying to adopt right now and it's crazy. We see all these cases come in and I mean, it's been 45 times up and down. You get information on a case, you we decide to say, yes, we want to present to the birth bomb and then you know, you, you may or may not get picked. We're over 45 so far. But the reason I'm bringing that up is that in each of one of those ups and downs is a tough conversation of like, hey, here's a little bit of information. We got to be really honest about 
what this is, what this information means, what it means for our family, how it could impact the two kids we already have. And there's been nothing that's brought us closer together over the seven years that we've been married than having these 45 really challenging, hard conversations over the last year. Um, mm-hmm. So just just wanted to mention that as, as context to echo your point. I think that's really great advice. Um, mm-hmm. I'd love to hear your thoughts on, so now that you guys have a couple little ones, um, what life looks like for you guys now, maybe give us a little insight into a day in the life for you guys. Yeah, we're, um, we're adventurers for sure. Uh, we do not watch a lot of TV. We do not sit around. I mean, six of my boys are six and three and we got another one coming here in about a month or two. Um, thank you. Um, but yeah, we go and we do so. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm picking them up from school, then we're going to swing by the skate park real quick, or we're yeah. going to go ride bikes over there in the Harbor, or we're going to go, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so we definitely spend a lot of time at our house and swim. We have a, you know, we have a pool, so swim and we do all that stuff, but the boys are always on the go outside. Um, they're three and six. I mean, they fight nonstop six-year-olds <laughs> mess with three-year-old walk yep. into a room, leave the room, room's a disaster. Like we're in the thick of it. I mean, it's yeah. nonstop. Um, yeah. but we're working on listening. We're working on all those things, <laughs> manners, but, um, but I, I think from, from like an activity standpoint, um, these dudes are pretty stimulated. Um, they love scootering. They love skateboarding. Um, we got some, some land kind of like how I grew up, which is kind of why I bought this house, but like, it's a ton of land behind my house. I don't own it, but you know what I mean? There's like mm-hmm. public land back there. And uh, we spent a lot of time jacking around down there, building forts. Um, my six-year-old just had his first hunting experience. Nice. I'm a bow hunter. And so um, we're kind of building a bow range down there. Whatever Very that cool. Means. But, but so they just, you know, as you kind of learn how to do those things as a, as a young boy and okay, now you get to use this, you know, you get to use a BB gun. Now you get to work your way up. So um, we're, we're in that phase, which is super fun. Um, uh, they do jujitsu. <clears throat> I think from nice. like sports, so a lot of people ask me about what are you going to do with your boys and all that. Um, I think I, I don't know what they're going to fall in love with and what they're going to be good at sports wise, but I wanted their foundation to be a couple of things. Um, I don't have a martial arts background. I've never done jujitsu, mm-hmm. but I knew enough about it to know that I love the Brazilian community. It's like a really selfless together community and if you're listening to this, if you've ever been to Hawaii and been like, gosh, everybody's so tight and everybody's so connected and all of that, like that's, it's really similar. I think in the Brazilian, there's a lot of Brazilians that live there. Um, but uh, I love the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu community. It's very together. It's very um, tight. It's almost like CrossFit, except mm-hmm. it's just like um, there's the martial arts aspect of it, the respect aspect of it. So in the discipline, yep. but they learn leverage, they learn their body, they roll around and, you know, Rafa is not going to let you walk out halfway through because you don't want to be there anymore. You got to finish. Yeah. So I love that too. Um, and then we spent a lot of time at the skate park. Uh, I did grow up skateboarding. I wasn't very good, but whatever I grew up doing it, there wasn't skate parks when I was little. Um, it was behind Albertsons, but um, that's where you used to skate. But, um, but now the, just the balance confidence. Um, we have the coolest thing here. If you're in Southern California, you listen to this. Um, so there's a, a arguably the best skater in the world. His name is Ryan Sheckler mm-hmm. and his little brother, Shane, uh, and Ryan has a basically a world-class like skate park indoor that like Red Bull and Oakley built him. You know what I mean? He's like a super famous, super successful skater. His little brother runs foot plant skate and it's for little kids. And it's like Very 40% cool. girls, by the way, 
Wow. And it is the coolest thing for confidence. And so there's open sessions, you pay whatever. And so we go there quite a bit. And and yeah, he he, he works with the kids. And so Ford and, and Reese, my boys, they've learned how to do it. But like the confidence, they're doing stuff 10 minutes in, I would have thought would have taken a month uh, or six months. And um, so skateboarding, skate park, I, I love the balance aspect. And then um, in the ocean, my boys are, it's really important for me, them to be great swimmers. They've never had, uh, and, and maybe this will, will help. Um, they've never had arm floaties. The little really? thing where you put them in through, totally don't believe in that. Um, they got to understand what water is. And so people trip out. We were in Hawaii a couple of weeks ago. My three-year-old, now this is a little different, but um, I mean, we're snorkeling, which really put goggles on and swim. Um, I mean, he's taking a deep breath. I'm pushing him down. He's popping his ears on the way down and like going way down. I mean, he's wow. a fish wow. and people just trip out cause he's three and he, and he we surf <laughs> like he's on his own little board and paddles. And yeah. Like, it's like five-year-olds out there with life jackets. Yeah. It's like, and he didn't wear a life jacket. And so, um, I just wanted him to be comfortable in the ocean and really know how to swim. I wanted him to learn like the discipline and the balance and leverage that you can get in jujitsu and then just balance and, and actually etiquette too at a skate park. Cause then there's, there's big kids. And so you can't just go when you want, cause yeah. this like 13 year old kid who's vaping is not going to be like, Hey buddy, it's not your turn. <laughs> They're just going to go. And yeah. I mean, the amount of times that Ford's just been ran over and I'm like, it wasn't your turn. You got to look. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so, um, those were kind of the three things and they'll play sports and all that. Um, but we'll see what they want to do, but that's kind of like foundation wise, um, kind of what we do from a fun perspective and from a sports perspective. Yeah. It sounds like you are very comfortable giving your kids the, you know, comfortable length of rope to really like fail, giving, giving your kids permission to fail, um, and letting them yeah, kind of deal I, I, with some natural consequences on the, on the extreme side of it. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think even, you know, family sometimes is like, whoa, 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 what are you letting me? It's like, let them do it. So, <laughs> and, and so far so good, but especially in the ocean, um, yeah. they got to understand that there isn't somebody coming for you every time. Mm-hmm. And so um, one of the first things my six-year-old learned when we, he started surfing on his own is I, we catch a little wave and then I, I'd throw him in the water and he'd yeah. have to find your leash, pull your leash back to your board. That's your flotation device. Don't start swimming to me. And mm-hmm. so if he'd fall off the board and start swimming to me, I'd swim away. And so, um, and then I, I learned something really profound, uh, a dad mentor of mine, a guy I've looked up to for a long time is named Shane Dorian, um, kind of the godfather of big wave surfing and uh, incredible dad. Um, first, second, third, kind of most iconic surfer of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, and his son is like LeBron right now. His son is like the future of surfing. Yeah. Um, uh, Jackson. And um, I'd asked him for advice a long time ago. We were on a surf trip in uh, Tavarua, uh, it was like an island off the coast of Fiji. And, and he, uh, um, he's like, yeah, one of the biggest things celebrate the wipeouts. Like when they, f- it's so surfing, that's a term, right? Yep. So you fall off the wave and you wipe out, right? It can't be, are you okay? Are you okay? Yep. It's gotta be like, that was a good wipeout, man. You got held under a long time right there, man. You got worked right there. That was awesome. Yep. And so just, but then taking that to the rest of your life, like the rest of the fatherhood, like celebrate the wipeouts. Like they, they don't play tackle football, but the first time he gets, well, last year's soccer, he gets kicked the ball, like hits him and, and he gets a wind knocked at him for the first time, which is yeah. like, there's a milestone moment, right? How many times <laughs> is that going to happen for him? And, and it didn't run over there. Didn't go, are you, you know, and it was one of those like, you know, made sure he's okay. But like, but like, dude, that was awesome. 
Yeah. Dude, you got kicked so hard in the summer. And look how much better. Look, you're totally fine now. That's awesome, dude. Go back in there and play some defense. Yeah. And so I think celebrating the wipeouts is very specifically with surfing. It's helpful, but I also think it's kind of a good metaphor for any of these things because the wipeouts are coming. Yeah. And I think based on the way you're framing that, you are giving them the confidence to go try something new, to go be in a position where they are going to, there is risk on the table where they can fail, but they also could succeed. But I think like what I've learned with like my, my kids are right around the same age, so five and three. And I've just seen this with little league sports. It's like every time anything happens, like good, bad, ugly, whatever, like the kid looks to mom, dad, and this, like they're looking for somebody to tell them almost like how they should react. Right. Like they're 100%. looking for like, is, is dad going to be upset that I struck out? Is he going to be pumped that I got up there and, and took my cuts and, and was a good sport and ran back to the dugout? And I think the fine line between those two things is, is huge in shaping the, like just the lens that kids are going to see the world through as, as they continue to grow up. And like, it's, it's almost to me, it's like, that's the way you coach the intangible, like the intangible it factor into a kid at a young age. So I think that's, that's awesome. I love the, I love the way you, you, you phrased that and the advice that you got is like, go really celebrate the wipeout, like really mm -hmm. like get pumped about that. That's super cool. Yeah, that's gonna make you better. I make you better in the scheme of things. Probably, probably make you better than if you celebrating you scoring a goal or mm -hmm. making a shot or throwing a touchdown or getting on base. You know. Yeah. Because um, both of those are inevitable. I, I talk about this from a coaching perspective uh, about the inevitabilities of success and adversity. And so those are. So let's just take a quarterback. Mm -hmm. The inevitabilities of success and adversity. So my. My company is called QB Summit, and the, the logo is like a little mountain range. But that is literally, it's a, it's a metaphor for, you know, the ups and the downs because yep. they're coming, both of them. Um, and some highs are higher than others for, for one person versus the other. And some people have much lower lows than other people. And, and it's case by case. But uh, how well you handle those two things, that's how good you are. Mm -hmm. right? how, 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 how well you handle the, the highs um, and then just kind of hoping that the lows don't come. Mm -hmm. That's a recipe for disaster and being a guy where a person where your back's against the wall and you figure it out and you know, chip on your shoulder and you handle the lows really well. And then you have success and you don't know what to do with it. Well, I mean, that'll end it right there for you too. Yep. And so that's, that's, I, I know some quarterbacks who have success problems. Yeah. Things go I, really well for them. That's when they screw it up. It's like your dad saying, act like you've been there. Yeah. And so um, with kids, it's like, you got, you got, I think, I don't know. I, I have, I'm not an expert. I'm learning on the fly. If you came and followed me around for a week, you'd go, I don't know if I want, you know, that guy's still <laughs> learning how to do it, figured it out. But, um, but trying to make sure that we celebrate the lows, trying to make sure that we celebrate the highs and, and that both of those are teachable moments. That's, that's really cool. I had Michael Gervais on not too long ago. I know you've gotten to work with him a little bit and we, we had a conversation that was in the, in similar in the same vein, talking about helping kids with their confidence. Um, and I think this is such an amazing parlay and additional context into the point of I, I just love that just celebrate the lows like get like mm -hmm. celebrate the wipeout because I'm, I'm just I'm I'm thinking of my own son my five-year-old I mean just two days ago you know he's upset about you know something going on in the game and I'm thinking about okay well next time that happens I need to mm -hmm. be there to clap him up like let's go you gave it a shot let's go uh, mm -hmm. so I appreciate that man I've it's funny. I started this show to help other people and nobody's learned more than me. Nobody has benefited more than well, me. I, I do these like camps this. with quarterbacks, young quarterbacks and the dads and the moms come and 
I do a parent session and I talk to the parents all the time, you know, um, through that process. I've seen a lot of ways to not do it correctly. Yeah. Ways that I'm not interested in doing it, but I have seen a lot of ways where I'm like, that's a great example of how to do that. So these dads who pay money to have me work with their kids end up mm-hmm. making a big impact on me as a dad because, and then on top of that, so from January to July, I'm doing these camps. I'm around these parents. Plus, you know, I'm talking to parents all the time, mm-hmm. like the amount of reinforcement and they all follow me on social media and see mm-hmm. the pictures of my kids and stuff or follow my, I don't do as much on my family as I used to because as it, my, my Instagram is pivoted more towards business and football, but my mm-hmm. wife does and it's a private account. So it's just kind of like friends and family, yeah. but she documents the kids and the life and all that stuff. I think it's a good little setup for anybody who's kind of in the, the public. Um, but um all these parents, you know, they follow Dottie and, and they, and, and, and my stuff. And so the consistent drip of daily, like, Oh my gosh, you're going to blink and they're going to be, you know, name their insert their kid's name right there. Mm-hmm. So the constant reminder that I get to be present and don't fast forward and don't, you know, um, and I had a dad a long ago, long time ago. when I think it was when my first um, kid was, was really little. And he's like, we we're talking and he's like, don't, ever let yourself say i can't wait until like i can't wait until he can hold his head up i can't wait until he can walk i can't wait until we can play catch together can't wait until he can drive can't wait till he out of the house i i can't wait until just be here just be right now right here right now and that's hard because a lot of this is not fun a lot of it is not fun i do not like repeating myself 14 times i don't Uh, i don't like cleaning up magna box Those are actually this morning. To stick together, but like, but you know what I mean? Like there's a ton of it that I, I don't like, but I want to be present here right now because not because of this, but this is a fact. There will be a time when my wife and I are looking back going, Oh my gosh, I can't, I can't believe, you know, they were so now they're here. And so I don't want to live in the moment because of when I live in the, when I, you know, down the road, I want to live in the moment just because. I love it, man. That is, that's pure gold. That's, um, I mean, that's something that we all need to hear. And I, I appreciate that perspective so much of being able to kind of envision yourself in the future and look back and say, you know, how, how am I going to wish I handled this? How am I going to wish I showed up in the, in that moment? Um, so I really appreciate that. So I want to be respectful of your time. I know you got to get the little man here. I've got one more question for you. I ask everybody here, um, on the show it has to do with the word legacy. So legacy is a word that you know, there's a lot of different connotations to it. People associate different things with it. When I think about it, I think about um, the people that mean the most to me here on earth. And I think about the people that God willing, I hope to get to leave behind on earth between those two buckets that falls my kids. When I think about legacy, I think about the moments, the memories, the lessons, the little things, the things that we experience together that, like I said, God willing, hopefully I get to leave them behind. My kids will then get to you know, kind of live that, live their life with the little moments um, that we shared. So through that lens, if I turn that around to you and I say, Jordan, what do you want your legacy to be with your kiddos? How would you answer that? Um, I got, I got really one goal with my kids that I want my kids. I mean, what do they want to be when they grow up? You know, I train quarterbacks for a living. I got two sons. Like what if, what if they play quarterback, like, boy, that'd be a blast. Right. But in terms of what I want for them, I have one goal. I want them to figure out what their purpose is in life and get as much experience around that as possible faster than anybody their age. It's just a, I'm not sitting around with my three-year-old talking about purpose. You know, I don't know that he knows you could, you know, take a stab at what that word means, 
but certainly over the next few years, um, that's been my experience. When, when people can really truly understand um, what their purpose is, and that's a popular thing, people talk about it, purpose-driven life, all these things. But I just, <clears throat> I think it's a combination of it's your gifts, it's where your heart is, it's what you're passionate about. Um, and when people can really live in their purpose, um, I just feel like it's like you, you walk into like a, a hotel and you look down the, the hallway and there's just rooms, right? Um, and I've lived a lot of my life searching for a purpose and then a portion of my life living in my purpose. I just feel like I got a key for every door. Like one way or another, every one of these doors will end up opening up. The ones that I'm supposed to open up are going to open up. And then I'm going to trust that that's the door I should go through. Yeah. And so I got challenged a long time ago that if you can't say your purpose clearly in 25 words or less, then it's just not clear to you. And you're going to continue to search for it. And you can have success. You may make a ton of money. You may have an incredible life. But that, that's, that's not the goal. And so mine's to use my experiences on and off the field to help entrepreneurs maximize their opportunities. And I really only work with quarterbacks that are like entrepreneurs. And the, the word entrepreneur, we think, you know, start a business and make money. No, I got some high school kids that are entrepreneurs because they're all in on this thing. They're all in on this quarterback thing. Yeah. Maybe they get a scholarship. Maybe they don't. I, most of them won't. But they're all in on this and they're approaching it that way. So I can totally help somebody with my experiences on and off the field. And so for my boys, I want to give them enough experience, enough exposure, enough adventures, um, and, ha and have enough other people pouring into them, mm -hmm. teaching them, not me. Like, I already know who's going to coach them if they want to play quarterback, and it's not me. Um, but I, I want with them their legacy to be dudes who found their purpose really early and then spent the other side of that the rest of their life um, helping other people figure out how to do it too. That's amazing. I love it. Jordan, thank you so much for making some time for us today. Where's the best place for people to find you, follow you? Where do you want to send people? Yeah, so Jordan Palmer on Instagram or TikTok um, and YouTube. And uh, and then also I uh, just started a new show with Kyle Allen, his quarterback I've worked with since he was in high school, since he was 16. Uh, he plays for the Houston Texans. And, um, and uh, we spent a lot of time together. And uh, we started a show called The Room. And so check out The Room on YouTube uh, and Spotify and Apple Music. We basically we're bringing on the biggest the, the the best quarterback from the biggest matchup every week as a guest so we've got a lot of the biggest names in college and nfl quarterbacks will be joining us weekly and um but yeah i, I do a lot of football content uh, on on my instagram my tiktok and my in my youtube very cool we will link it all up jordan thank you so much again for making time uh let's let's stay in touch man cool thanks a lot all right everybody that's it thanks for listening and if you haven't already, do me a huge favor and subscribe to the show or leave us a rating and review. We can't thank you enough for your support. Until next time, remember to love and lead from the front. See ya.